Welcome to the Stacking Slabs podcast. Join Brett to get the latest sports cards investment advice, hear from industry experts that are deep in the trenches, and find out when to turn left when the rest of the market is going right. Get eBay ready, get PayPal ready. Let's be students of the game and stack those slabs. What is up? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs, your hobby content alternative. It's Friday. You know that means it's the hobby hustle. It's time to go. Listening to a conversation with someone in the hobby with a ton of knowledge and got to bring that passion. And how about some subject matter expertise? I got my man David at Guess the Grade on IG on the show to talk about grading. We're going to do a little myth busting. We're going to talk about grading, what's going on with grading, grading companies. We're going to talk about the future and what potentially could be on the horizon for grading. Little speculation. Don't like to speculate too much, but when in Rome, when you're with the expert, we'll talk a little bit about it. So if you like what you've been hearing, hit that subscribe button, leave a review. Are you signed up for the weekly rip? Link is in the IG bio. New one dropped today. All right, without further ado, let's kick it to the conversation. What is up, everyone? I am excited for today's episode. I'm here with David from IG at Guess the Grade. We had traded some messages back and forth, and I know he's been on a podcast or two, and I figured he's providing a service in the hobby, which is awesome. I've definitely hit him up. And so I want to talk to him about his background. Grading, obviously, is a, a massive topic. It's seen tremendous uh, change. Um, you know, companies are changing quite dramatically. New options are coming into the fold. A lot is happening on the grading front, more interest than ever. But I have a guest who knows a lot about uh, that side of the, the hobby. So without further ado, how are you doing, David? Doing awesome. Doing really awesome. It's, uh, this has been a fun hobby that I've been a part of for 35 years. This is great, you know. I'm enjoying this time right now because it's kind of like the the heyday, I guess, for it again. I mean, it was big in the 80s and 90s, but that was so much wax, right? Now it's about a different group of people coming in, right? And it's money that you just don't... I never saw people exchanging this much money and so many things being done so quickly on a daily basis. It's absolutely amazing. Oh, side note, did you end up buying that card that I graded for you? I didn't. It's actually, um, it's actually, I'm, I'm watching the listeners what the card is because maybe they go after it and try to like, you know, snipe you. Well, it's actually, so we can act, we can talk about it. And actually that's a great launching off point because it will have, it will have sold. There's an hour and 42 minutes left on it. So I'll, I'll bring up the card and it, it is a 2013 upper deck employee, Hulk Hogan, purple PMG out of 125. And so this card, a few people I know got in front of this card and bought it for a fraction of what it's going for right now, um, graded. And this is a raw copy and it's with an hour and 40 minutes to go. It'll have sold by the time this goes live. It's at 1,025, which I believe will be the highest this card has ever sold in a from a raw perspective, I looked at the card and, you know, with the PMGs, um, it's almost impossible to, to get perfection just based on the way, you know, the, the, the card is designed and the, the foil. So I looked at the card and I, you know, noticed some, some flaws, some blemishes here and there, but like, from my point of view, like I don't have the skill set or expertise to like, look at a card like this and say, okay, yeah, it's going to grade this or grade that. So that's where um, I, I met David and I just, I had thought about it. I knew it was a highly competitive card. There's this card is going to go up by the time this ends. Cause I know a lot of people after it, but I sent it to uh, David. I said, Hey, take a look at this. What do you think? And then maybe you, you talk through the process of you looking at this card, what you saw, and then what you projected the grade to be. Okay. So walking through that. Yeah. So when I was able to grade PMGs and do that, uh, cause I haven't done actual grading. I worked with PSA 
on the East Coast with stuff with a lot of their shows and stuff like that. Right. So when um, I was showing, it was kind of like internship, like on the job, like training. You know, when I got to see PMGs, the conversation, the first conversation is expect that most of them are a six or a seven. Right. And if you and that gives you a good starting point. And if you see less whiting on the front or less chipping, right, then this. So it was me looking at exemplars, right? So you always have to look at exemplars because then you have your baseline in your head. So I have an exemplar like Rolodex in my head. So I know <laughs> looking at yours that you were on the about average side, which is about a six, right? Now, if I was able to get some better pictures, I could probably tell you, is it a higher quality six, like a six and a half? Or are we, are we in the realm of a seven and an eight? Because if we're in a realm of seven and eight, the price skyrockets because how many, how many seven, we don't need these, right? They're just not there that goes through my head within seconds. And I've just always been taught to grade it about 30 seconds to a minute. And I think I told you between the, I wanted to say between a six and a seven. So I thought that it was probably about around, around a uh, six or a seven so far for the grade. Yeah. And, and, and just looking at it, it's just amazing. And that goes to show you like the barriers and the comps on stuff like this cards that this is a safe search that I've had forever and stuff's popping up like this. And each and every time it does, we're seeing, uh, all-time highs, which we'll talk about excitement. We'll talk about the hobby, but maybe let's just touch on your your background a little bit. You alluded to it, but you spent 35 years in the hobby. I'd classify you as a vet at this point, but maybe talk about just, uh, you, you said PSA, you said grading. So uh, share with the listeners kind of time spent in the hobby. Yeah. So first thing I collected probably when it was, it was 1986, right? 87. I went into a local store living in Connecticut, um, walked in and the, um, the store owner actually asked me, he's like, what do you want to collect? And I'm like, uh, I don't know. Like, who's really cool. I mean, I knew sports and I watched sports, but he's like, you know, who's really collectible around here. He said, Don Mattingly. And I saw him, like, wow, that's a great guy to collect. So I started collecting a little bit of him, but I was like, you know what? That's not really what I'm really into. I collected a little bit, but then I, it was this man and his name was Michael Jeffrey Jordan and I uh, fell in love with him. You know, I think I collected just about every single card from 1986 to about 1998, collected everything I could. I would open boxes and I would trade everything in the box just to make sure that I got every insert that I could of Jordan and all the base cards from everything. And from there, as I got older, I just kept collecting Jordan and Jordan. I went to college and then uh, right near the end of college, started going to uh, a lot of the card shows was still happening in like 98, 99, 2000, 2001. And, um, just befriended a lot of the PSA people started working with them when they had any other card shows and they had 30 or 40 card shows on the East coast all the time. And I would just go with them, learn from them, do a lot of the grading. Once they knew me even better would do a lot of the grading with them because they didn't do the raw card review, which Beckett used to do, but they would do, they were taking a ton of submissions from a lot of the big graders because a lot of the older guys didn't trust sending stuff through the mail. So a lot of them would end up bringing them to the shows so that they were handing them off to people. And, most of the old guys still do that. I still would rather do that in most cases for some, <laughs> no, but now that we don't have shows, it's, and PSA so backlogged, I, I, it's going to be hard to see something like that. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see. And you and I both know, I don't think the national is going to be happening this year. You know, I don't want to be a newsbreaker or anything, but I, you know, we talk, I, you probably know people within, within the know, and I know a couple and they've said it's not looking good, but anyway, I'm getting off. So anyway, so I would agree with them. And, uh, Sorry, it's the school teacher in me. I love telling stories, but I also, <laughs> we I, love stories here. We do love stories and we get sidetracked a little bit. And um, so anyway, so as I'm grading, I'm just learning, making a lot of mistakes because I've always believed that if you're not making mistakes, you're not learning. And I would learn just really because back then it was people were only grading vintage cards. So I learned really about the cards from 1900 to about 1970 because people didn't grade the 80s and 90s. Then at that point, it wasn't really highly sought after. And most people were doing it that were nerds. I mean, we were all nerds. I mean, it was a nerdy to do. I mean, it was not, it wasn't cool like it is now. Like I tell people that I've used to work with them and they're like, that's really cool. You don't tell people, you didn't tell people that about that 20 years ago. But um, yeah, it's people that wanted to make their sets look even better, bigger and better. And it was guys that had usually doctors and lawyers that had a lot of money that could make these sets and I remember reading about some of the stuff and seeing some of the stuff that I worked on, which was kind of cool. And um, just, you know, the Cracker Jack cards, the T206s, the Ramleys, the, the Bowmans, the measuring all the different cards, just learning how to measure a card, looking at the differences. I can go on for hours about this stuff. But vintage is, is like my, that's my sweet spot. 
really. That's the stuff that I, uh, I love and I've learned so much about. Uh, still learning always about the newer stuff because every year it's it's a little it's a little bit different, but it's pretty much the same thing. You know, it's you see a lot of the same stuff. It's just change. They just change it just a little bit with with different things. So so yeah, and then I stopped. I worked like two or three years doing that with them, and then um, went on to my rest of my life getting married. You know, having two kids, getting divorced, having to sell my Michael Jordan collection. Thanks, ex wife. That one. Uh, <laughs> Finding a new person, getting remarried, you know, having a nice, beautiful house and doing it all the right way the second time, you know. Well, so so sports cards were all definitely a part of those stories that I think people can relate with maybe having to get rid of some cards that they didn't want to at some inopportune time. But I think maybe let's go back to like just the the grading. I think, you know, just your time at those shows, learning the craft, learning how it's done, spending hours. You, you mentioned it was kind of a nerdy thing. Well, the nerdy thing has turned into like tremendous, you know, business um, and it's changing the la- landscape of our hobby. I, I'd love to get your perspective on just maybe uh, different uh, misconceptions maybe with, with grading, I'd love to, I'm sure you see things online, you hear people say things on Instagram and you scratch your head a little bit. So maybe let's clear up some misconceptions. Do you have any off the top of your head? Well, you see me already laughing as you're saying things, but yes, Brett, absolutely. One is, and, and it's a great statement that I've used many times. Sometimes it's, it's hard for people to have an emotional attachment to their cards, right? Brett, do you have an emotional attachment to some of your cards? Very much so. Right. Every single one of us does. And that's why PSA and HGA and SGC will always be around and sorry, BGS as well. And all these new ones that keep popping up um, will always be around because um, we have an emotional attachment to our cards and we sometimes may overgrade our cards. And um, the statement is the card is still just the card, right? It's, it's, and it's a simple statement, but what it really means is that when I see people telling me that the card should have graded at a nine or a 10 and they get a seven, here's an example, the LeBron that came out, right? The seven and a half that came out and card porn posted it. And they've, they've messaged me many times about different things. Sometimes they're going to probably yell at me about this podcast because they probably listen. Um, (laughs) They do. (laughs) They do. They immediately message me and I'm like, listen, I love you guys, but please. Anyway, no, they're good people. I know that there's a couple of different people that are working there. So anyway, uh, the card is really just the card. And Nat, Nat Turner talks about it too. You want people to think that if someone um, has a bad day, that they're going to give you a bad grade. That's not the case. What's another one? That um, just so many. But going back to the card is just the card that with that LeBron card that um, yeah, it's a seven and a half because you can't from that picture see that there's bad print lines. You can't see that you didn't look at the back and see the fact of the two columns have to match up pretty close. They have to be pretty close. They can't be offset that much. There's so many little different nuances that you can't see from a picture that card porn's posting um, about a card and say, oh, they're wrong. It's a seven. It's not a seven and a half. It's a nine, nine and a half. All prisms are supposed to be nine, nine to tens. Well, that's not the case anymore because if I don't know if you've opened any basketball this year, the quality is not there. The off. The cuts are not that great and uh, there's a ton of print lines and there's different edging issues just the way because of the way that they cut the cards. So I think I laugh. I don't comment anymore. I try to, you know, now I have a professional, I'm a Instagram influencer, right? So I, I, I want to make sure that I keep to myself and now I will say some funny things or I'll just like something that somebody says that's similar to what I was thinking, but I try to keep myself kind of similar to you do. I try not to be negative in the hobby at all. I mean, I'll give you opinion if you want it, but I'm not going to give it to you if you don't ask for it. So, so totally. And maybe let's get back to that. Cause you, you, uh, that was a topic I want to talk about was the LeBron black shimmer. And, um, you, I have not opened any basketball. I I'm not really hunting retail and I just can't justify buying a box. <laughs> Although, you know, I'm sitting here, I want to, but I just can't justify because you have to pay for a new kid. You have a new kid. You have a kid. <laughs> you can't spend $2,500 right now on something like that at this moment. Right. You know, so. I get it. Me too. So, so we all got our things and then, yeah. So I haven't had a chance to look at hold see eye to eye with some of this, these products. And I think that's one thing I think people, most of what we're talking about in the hobby is all from a digital perspective. Yes, there are some shows happening. 
but that's like the news isn't coming really out of the shows when it comes to topics like, you know, new cards and that sort of thing. It's all online. So I think like for me, I'm not a grading expert. I don't try to be. I've gotten certainly gotten better over over the last, you know, 12, 18 months than than I, I was when I didn't pay attention to it. But I think the one thing I thought of when I saw the seven five, I, I looked at the card and I said, yeah, it looks a little off centered, but like I want to see the back. Because the the back we've I've we've all had cards with like you know fingernail dents in the back and that that certainly can take your card from you know a nine to a seven point five right hundred percent sir and that's the thing that people don't understand they say they heard this mystery or this interesting thing that uh, backs don't matter and I and I try to explain to them I'm like well I was taught and most of us know that it's sixty percent front forty percent back or 70 percent front thirty percent back that percentage is still there and you still have to look at it. You can't just ignore the back. And that's, it, you're exactly right, Brett. People didn't show the back. And that's part of the conversation. I think that person that posted, the, uh, did it come from Burbank? I think the card did yeah, come from. It was, yeah, Burbank. It did come from Burbank. And I love those guys over there. They're great. When I eventually I can get over to LA and go check them out. Talk to Rob many times. Uh, you know, the card father, I actually call him Amazon. That's an even better nickname for him. Really. <laughs> They are at this point, especially they're posting that they're the top 10 eBay seller in the whole country or a whole world. That's amazing. Congrats to them for that. Um, but anyway, yeah, so it was pulled, but you just, we didn't look at the back and I, you're not, you're not getting the whole story, you're getting half the story. So that's, that kind of bothered me a little bit with, with sending out that information like that, you know? I totally. And then maybe you referenced the bad day thing, you know, um, you know, I sent these three cards in, they all look like tens. They all came back nines. I think the grader just had a bad day. Like, can you maybe walk uh, listeners through the the grading process? Is it just one person? Are there several people involved? Like, what are people? What should people know about the actual like grading process when you're sending your cards in that people might not understand at this point? Sure. So I've got a stack of cards on my left, right, and actually I have a stack of cards right over here, right, and I have right above me actually I have a um, a magnifying lens, 10x. Don't get anything bigger than 10. <laughs> You're going to be magnifying and looking at cells on top of your cards. <laughs> no, microscopic cells. You don't need to look at that. Um, so anyway, I get the cards. You know, I do have a light usually, and I'm looking at it at, at different angles. I usually spend about 30 seconds to a minute, maybe a little bit longer on the vintage, because I think that it's not just because it warrants it. It's because the card's been around longer. They've been traded and moved around so much more than some of the newer cards, right? So I'll, I'll spend, and, and after I look through the card, Right. Um, I then put a grade on it and I move it over to the next person. It's then looked at by two people and the, the grades have to match up. If they don't, it goes to a senior grader. Right. So it's not just one person that's looking at your card. It is two and sometimes three. Many times it's three, especially with people, uh, especially now with so many new graders that they have. And I know that um, from people. I So I don't have any friends that are left in PSA, but I do know that people, the newer ones would grade more strict because they didn't want to lose their job, right? It's a job at that point for them and they don't want to be overgrading stuff. And, um, oh, if we could also, one of the other things is, oh, they, people talk about pop report, right? That, cause it, this kind of rolls right into it that, um, oh, my card didn't get a 10 because of the pop report that went low. And no, that's not even that, that would that's like market manipulation like times a hundred. PSA is a is a company that's out there to make money, correct? And they're not going to be doing something like that because that would tarnish their reputation. Nat Turner even laughed when uh, on Lucas Lebron's and Tiger and their podcast, great guys as well. Uh, love both of them, Caged and uh, Andrew. They asked him about that the whole pop report. And he laughed. He's like, "No, that's not the case at all. That's not even a question. I mean, I you know why even bring that up? It's, it makes for a good story." And it also gives people validation to the fact of sometimes the card is just really the card and they don't want to hear that. People don't want to be told that they're wrong, right? And that the, what their eyes looked at is not right. Are there mistakes? 100% there is. 100% where it's a, it's a subjective and objective thing that you're doing with grading and no one's perfect, right? But I think they're right more than they're wrong. And I think we both can agree with that, right? I'm on a, on a, on a, collectible and hobby, you know, hobbyist level. I think they're right more than they're wrong. Yeah. It's uh, I love it. We're, we're busting some myths here. This is what, what, what we're here for. Um, yeah. I think you have to always take a step back and look at the, 
process and what's going on. And there is absolutely no way that it can be 100% perfect, no matter how great of a shooter Steph Curry is. And no matter how open he is every night, like there's going to be nights where the ball just doesn't go in the hole. It's just human nature. So I tend to not try to think about, and, and this is the other thing I think, I think people, like you said, like they're their cards. So they get very protective and they've got their opinions on what they think these cards are. But, you know, the, the matter of fact is they're not getting paid to look at the cards. You're sending them to some somebody. So I think, you know, you just got to you got to trust in the process and know that it's a big business like you reference to reference and, and no one's out to manipulate or, or do anything. These people are, are paid professionals. That's my perspective on it. Yeah, I think you and I agree with that. And I've talked with many other professionals and people that have been in this business. It would be bad, really bad business if they did. And it, it just, it's, it makes for a great story. And I get messages and I'm going to get messed. You got me stuck on it, right? I'm going to get tons of messages saying, you're wrong. I, here's all the examples of the way that you're wrong. And I'm like, listen, you've got a couple examples of, where, of, of cards and I get that. And I'm looking at it through a picture and I'm not in front of you. But if I look at it in front of you and we take it out of that slab or take it out of whatever it's in, and I show you or someone else shows you, then it's a different conversation. And I think that um, we could also then roll into the next part of our, uh, look at this, I'm kind of like thinking ahead right here about the whole, because um, I was listening to um, the AI, I watched the, uh, and I post about Gentleman, right? And I, I listened to the crossover and what they were talking about, right? And just my thoughts on it are, be careful what you wish for, right? With, with AI, right? We all want it. Well, a lot of the newer kids, the ones that want this to go faster, they want their cards back faster, right? They want this. And I just say, be careful what you wish for, because um, you're going to see, you may not. Yes, I, I think that it's a good companion with a human grader. I, I, I kind of liken it like this, Brett. Think about it this way, right? The computer pops out, grade a report on this card, and it says that it's um, the six categories, right? And it says six, seven, nine, four. That provides a good basis for them, right? So they now know they're not spending as much time on the card. Maybe they're saving themselves 30 seconds to a minute, right? And they're just looking at it going, okay. And they're matching it up and saying, yeah, that matches up. Now I took a quick peek at the gentleman, how their scanning software worked, right? And I actually looked at it from perspective of just the card itself and didn't look at the grade that they came up with. And that thing's pretty good. I'm going to tell you it's and vintage. That's not easy. And if you notice with the, with the picture, it actually was able to scan the layers and it could tell you where the layer was raised because it was greener on corners and stuff like that. Really nerdy stuff, but I kind of thought it was kind of cool. Right. And it's doing something that the other ones don't do. Um, I'm not going to talk about other companies that say that they use AI when they don't yet, but I, I'm going to tell you that I like what PSA has got. Maybe BGS has, has something coming up, but um, I like that it's going to make the job of a grader easier, move faster. Right. Um, I don't think we want to get into the realm of that the AI does all the work. Right. Because I don't think we want to have people saying that they have tens saying, well, I have an AI 10. You have a greater 10 and my AI 10 is better. Right. I don't know if we want to get into that space. I don't think Nat does. I don't think any of these grading companies do because I think you're going to you're going to have a, a war going on. And I don't think you're going to like I don't think I don't think we're going to like where that goes. In my opinion, you tell me what you so, so a question on that, when you said, um, you don't think that, you know, be careful what you wish for, um, do, are you referencing that because there are machines that are helping support the process that those machines will, um, be, be a, a better, like another set of QA for the grader. So that would potentially means harder to gem a card. Is that what you're going for? Sorry. Yes. Maybe I wasn't that clear, but yes, that's exactly. I picked what, up on it. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I sometimes assume and I don't say everything, but yes, you're talking about the fact of that, that actually may pick up things that we're not, we're not seeing as graders. And that's a good thing. I, I don't see it as a bad thing. I think that it's going to work really well with uh, the newer cards to start. I think that's really what they're going to probably, if I'm Nat and I'm working with them, I'm not going to use it with the vintage. I'm going to use it as like test cases. And I think Chris um, from Card Ladder, I don't call him from House of Jordans anymore because he hasn't done that podcast in a while. <laughs> so. 
He's not House of Jordans anymore. Chris, if you're listening, you're not House of Jordans anymore. Um, you're just Card Ladder. Christina, same. Same thing with uh, Cardboard Chronicles. That's kind of gone, right? You're all just Card Ladder. And we're all part of the loop in there. So anyway, I love those guys anyway. They they know I I, I just, just bust their balls. So anyway, um, back to what you were saying, right? So it's going to see things. And I see that um, it's going to work really well with the newer stuff. Everybody that's dropping their 2021 tops base cards, they're still doing it. <laughs> People are still, I see people posting their 100, 200 count submission of 2021 base cards. But you know what? I don't hate on that because everybody's got to start from somewhere, right? You've got to find liquidity somewhere, right? right? You, have to, you have to find it somewhere. You can't, you can't just, unless you're, you know, Gary, the Gary V's of the world or the Vegas Dave, you know, you can't, you not necessarily, you want to be in this, but you have to start from somewhere and you got to start from a couple of boxes, maybe buy a case or something. And this is what you do to, to generate money, a regular funding. I, you can't hate it. You, you don't like it sometimes because you want your cards to get through faster, but it is part of what everybody's doing, you know? Yeah, 100%. Um, I think my, my mind goes through to, actually, I do, before we hop off, like, the, the actual, I've got one more grading question that I want to get to just because I'm completely curious. When, is it case by case? Is it, it's the same across the board? But, like, if I'm sending in, Let's say I send in 10 cards, okay? And let's say I've got this would this is just a complete hypothetical, but like let's say I've got, you know, some some investor type cards. I got like, you know, maybe um, you know, some Jackson Hayes and some rookies from last year. And then all of a sudden I've got, you know, a a, a numbered LeBron like gold X Fractor, something like that, high end, and that's grouped in with all those cards. When a grader is going through that process, is he treating that like LeBron gold X Fractor any different than he would like a base prism Jackson Hayes? Is there like a whole, oh my God moment there, like bring everyone over here or like help me understand that? Cause that's something I've always been curious. That's greater to greater. Uh, that's number one. That's not, everybody, everybody acts differently about that. I tried to be uh, as strict as possible, but as, but treat every card the same. Because you don't know who's the owner of that card. It could be a little kid, could be an adult. We don't know. And I want to give them each a fair assessment. So I'm going to tell you that I would, um, I would treat everybody the same. Would I get excited about some of the cards back in the day? Yes, because um, there wasn't as many being submitted. I wasn't, when I was helping out with, with grading and reviewing stuff and stuff like that, it wasn't, their backlog was not, as, was not that bad. They were only maybe a week or two behind what they said, right? Um, and just so you know, um, PSA has always been behind, no matter what. It's been that way for the whole time. They've always been a couple of weeks behind. Now they're, you know, a year behind. But yes, I did have people that I knew that would get excited for uh, certain cards over others. And isn't it part of like the human condition that if you know that a card's worth more, you might treat it, a, not grade it a little bit differently, but handle it a little bit different, be a little more scrutinized just a little bit more. That could definitely, definitely happen. Uh, Josh from... Um, Card Ladder talked about that and that and he's right. A lot of people do, but me, most don't. And in the end, there's always the senior grader. Remember these two words, senior grader. The senior grader will, even if a kid, adult, whatever, right, grades it a seven because it's a LeBron X fractor, right? And they don't want to, and they, they, they're really examining it, looking at every little, you know, piece and part. And then the other person puts an 8.5. Well, the senior grader is going to fix that, right? And what the actual grade will be what the senior grader comes up with after looking at both. Right. So don't, don't ever worry <laughs> that you send your $20,000 card with a thousand dollar card and that they're going to uh, be more scrutinizing your expensive card over the less expensive card. It makes for a good story that they don't, but, uh, or that they do uh, over scrutinize certain ones, but that's, that's really not the case. I, I would love to tell you that it is, and I would love to be part of breaking news, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. That's it, all right. Well, yeah, I'm going to repeat the words again. The card is really just the card. We're, we're, Everybody we're, hates me saying it, but it, it is the truth. We're, we're busting myths. It's, it's okay, <laughs> David. That's what we're here to do tonight. And by the way, I will say, I want to congratulate you so far. You have plugged more people on this episode so far than I think any other guest, which is a good thing. We all need to be plugging other people in the hobby who we're interacting with who were listening to their content. I know you're, you're, uh, you're super involved with the, in the community, but so maybe like 
before we're going to hop off the grading topic, we'll, we'll get back on it, but sure. just t- talk to me about just like, you've obviously, you know, you're helping people out, but just like your interactions and how you think like people not tell people what to do, but just like, what's, how do you operate when you're communicating and working with other people on Instagram? Like what's your perspective in the hobby? Sure. So when I first started it a while back, um, it was really for my son and myself and he's still part of it because he likes to tell his friends that his dad's got a ton of, that they've got a ton of followers on our Instagram account and stuff like, um, and we're not going to be at Charlie D'Amelio, uh, levels or anything like that, but, um, that we have a lot of people that follow us. And what we started with initially was just posting our PSA cards and, uh, also some of the hits that we would pull. Cause he pulled, he, we got some retail boxes of mosaic. And he, and we would post, it was really literally what guessed the grade. Tyler would think it's this grade. I would think it's this grade. And we, and some people would interact with us and that was fun. But then it started getting into, Tyler was like, you know, you should really, you know, do some, we've got to do something different with it, you know, like to get more followers or to get people to really listen to us. So what did I start posting about? Um, I started posting about some of the grading stuff, about some of the grading myths. And, and then I posted that, Hey, you know what? This is the one that got um, packed with future talking to me. Um, and they asked me to come on their show was that I said, hey, you know, part of this is about giving back. And Brett, you do it too. And I said, listen, you always, any, any person that follows me, or if you want to refer someone to me, I will always uh, grade your card for free, do a pre-grade for you. And um, just send me pictures, front, back, corners, talk to me about the card, and I'll give you a grade for it. And from there, they then interviewed me and then people started to find out my background and stuff like that. And then more followers came and people from Facebook and stuff like that. And it just, it was organic. And that's really the best way, right? Right. You've taught, I think you or someone else has talked about gaining true Instagram influencers. You got to do it the organic way, the hard way. You really have to put the work in, right? And you really have to be true to yourself and stay in your lane, right? You have to do what you're best at and not be all over the place. And um, so I'm an educator by trade, right? That's what I love doing. That's what I get paid the big bucks for. But um, what I do that uh, brings the other joy in my life, besides being with my family and stuff like that, is doing this grading. So I take it from an educational perspective. A lot of people have told me that they want to learn, well, what's the difference between a, a crease that'll get you a one or a crease that'll get you a two or a crease that'll get you a three? So I took pictures of different things and I've been showing people, this is what it really looks like. Because PSA's words are helpful. And I'll use those in what I'm explaining, but people really need to see that. And I think that's the next step for PSA. Nat, if Nat Turner, if you're listening, you can get a hold of me. I will show you how to really show this on your website. People need to see it because you give them more transparency. They will not be so upset with the grade that they receive. And you know who does a really good job with this as well? CSG. I love them because I love the Andy. Um, I love Andy Broom. I think he's great. But their website really shows a great examples of different things that they're talking about and also shows people, oh, look, we found this altered card and look what this is a video of. This is what it looks like that we knew that it was altered. That helps people, right? This, this hobby is really about, and this is, this is my sweet spot. My lane is about education. It's about teaching people and helping. them, And that's what I love doing. Now, sometimes it'll come across as like, I'm a know-it-all. And I'm sorry if it does to those of you that have heard that. But yes, it does come away, come that way, but come across that way. But in the end, it's really, I'm imparting some of my wisdom. You respond back with your experiences, right? Let's discuss and let's talk about it. I've learned a lot from a lot of different people, such as yourself, many other people that have just made comments about different things that I posted about. And I've learned as well. You know, it's, we don't, none of us know everything. And if we do, we shouldn't, be here. I mean, we'd all be millionaires or billionaires if we knew everything, right? So um, that's, I come from an educational background. And so it's education and just trying to teach people and show people how to do things better and how to learn about the different nuances of grading that are in here in my head that I'm trying to impart over them to them over time sort of thing. Yeah. You're just, it's, it's East coast. You're just straightforward. You just tell people like it is. I get it. I appreciate that. Cut all the BS out. Um, yes. No, I, I love what you said about just taking the education to heart and knowing like you're, you know what your skill set is, you understand education. And so you lean heavily, heavily into that. And I think just like, I talk about this a lot, like for everybody in this hobby has some sort of superpower or some sort of skill set that they are better at than 90% of the other people interacting in the hobby. And it has to do with cards. Like 
lean if you're looking to grow your accounts and I'm not trying to make this a marketing podcast because I have one of those for work. Uh, <laughs> but 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 just lean into that. Like if the more right. you lean into that, like a uh, a guy like a guy that I appreciate in the hobby who I'll shout out since we're shouting people out, David is I I think Ryan card collector too is like the guy is just true and true to his brand. He works his ass off and he, I've been listening to him forever. The guy has put in work on Instagram day to day, every day. And those are the types of things you need to do if you're trying to gain exposure. So I appreciate the hustle, the people that are out there and who get it and who understand it because I love to toss it back your way. It seems like so many people these days are have just this transactional mindset and, oh, the sky is falling because I can't get retail products or, oh my God, I can't believe PSA is only doing uh, Super Express right now and it's $300. It's like every little thing people respond to and feel like, really negative and it's so transactional. I want more followers, but I need them tomorrow. So like, it just seems like there are segments, not the hobby as a whole, because the hobby as a whole is great. There are segments of people that um, it, it just feels to me as I'm observing, it, it's a little more transactional. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm, yeah, without getting into a specifics with certain, about certain people, you're right. I, I, I do see that, but I kind of, you know, as you get older and you know too, I kind of just tune that out, really. You know, I'll see it on my account and I'll just keep swiping down and not really read too much into it. I will only, I guess I could only just say, yeah, that I just, I, I just tune that out. I, I, I don't have much more to say because <laughs> I just, I just ignore the haters, I guess is what it is. Right. There we go. You just got to move on. You just got to move past that kind of stuff. You know, yeah. I, I wish I could give you more, but I just ignore it. You know, no, yeah. that's, that's, that's sound advice. And I tend to do the same. I'm just trying to make this, uh, this helpful educational podcast a little more controversial, but we're not going to do that. Here. No, well, I mean, no, no, maybe we, maybe we can. We, I got something for you. Maybe we can. Okay. okay. So you weren't so, going to get me with that when you were trying. You are not. You are not a controversial person. So I can't believe you asked me that loaded question like that. Well, here's another loaded one here. So okay. uh, we've talked about PSA a little bit. I'd love to get your perspective on. Let's go down the list a little bit, but just like BGS, for instance, because um, so I, I I collect a lot of a lot of my PC is in BGS slabs. I think I have an affinity for the Beckett brand growing up with it. Um, I love the subgrades. Um, has my experience with Beckett been great? No. Have could they use some lessons in marketing and public relations? Yes. Like, should they? kind of evolve a little bit, of course. Um, but we're seeing golden auctions. We're seeing PWCC auctions, all the auction houses. A lot of the cards that are selling are in those BGS slabs. So there's there's this, there's a lot of value in there, but then you flip on the other side and you see a, a, a SP rookie Peyton Manning uh, BGS 9.5 sell for a fraction of what the PSA 10 sold for in the same night. So. I'd love Congrats to just get your point of, point of view on Beckett. Talk to me about it. Sure. Congrats for all the retweets on that one. That was you right there. I think actually you posted that 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 uh, dichotomy right there. That was sad. But we've known that for a while, though, Brett. You and I have been collecting for a while, right? You've known that that's been like that. And that is a sad fact. That is, uh, I, it shocks me because my one of my best cards is a BGS 8 Jordan. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. I don't need to explain anymore. Um, and I love it. And I, I do. I'm a big fan of the subgrades. And it is weird that in this world that PSA is like the be all end all. Right. And that BGS is somehow the redheaded, redheaded stepchild, which is not the case. Because guess what? In the big auctions, the big cards are always going to do well. And especially with the BGS labs, because guess what? The, the people that are spending the money. And being told where to spend the money, they're being told to spend the money in Beckett, even though the industry, not all of the industry, those that are in the know buy what they like and they buy it in the right slab because they've been doing the research. They know what they're talking about. Right. I don't I completely agree with you about the fact of their marketing and Beckett. But, but what is come on? What is Beckett? Beckett's a magazine. They've been a magazine for many, many years, right? They're not just a grading company, right? I think that, yes, they are separate. I get that. And I know the whole history and all the stories and everything. Dr. Beckett's a great guy. I, he knows so much. 
right? He hasn't been in it for a while, but he, he knows things and he's got a lot of great background. And, but the problem is also the great graders that were at Beckett are not there anymore, right? They've left. Uh, a lot of the great graders that were at SGC went to PSA and they went to Beckett and now they've moved on from that and they don't do it anymore, some of them. So it's kind of sad because some of the old Beckett slabs are great, are great grades and they're so dead on, right? Because I knew some of the guys and they're great human beings and they just are really good at what they're doing because they have a lot of experience. Um, yeah, so Beckett, you're right. Uh, the whole LeBron for 5.2 million, right? Versus a number out of 23 versus the LeBron out of 99 that was sold for 1.7. You know, I, I saw Cardborn talk about it, but you have to talk about those are two different cards. One's numbered out of 99, one's numbered out of 23. So yes, it's going to sell for more, right? Just inherently it should, right? Those, but I worry more. And this is a side thing. I worry more. And you just talked about it too, too with your Hogan. We're seeing more grills pop up way too quickly right? I have a lot of friends that make a heck of a lot more money than I do. And they're selling a lot of their big cards because they see it as the time is now, right? So I'm seeing a lot more grills. I, it's not a bad thing. It's just something to kind of, as Chris said, just kind of monitor and just watch what's happening. Do you, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Are you worried these too many pop up? I, you know, I, I think with anything, a lot of these cards people have had in their possession for you know, years and there, everyone goes through different circumstances in life. And, you know, no matter what you say, like money talks. And I think Ken Golden and what Golden Auctions has been doing from a promotional perspective has just poured gasoline on anybody who's been holding anything of significance for the last 10 years. I don't care who you are. I don't care what collection you have. If you're listening to this podcast and you say you'd never sell a card, I'd have I'd have a tough time believing that you a thought hasn't crossed your mind that said, hmm, maybe now is a good time to put that up. Just because the stars are aligning. You've got a market that is is performing the way it is. You've got a a marketing machine in Ken Golden. You've got competitors like PWCC seeing this and saying, all right, we're doing premium auctions now. So it's like, if, if there's a time it, it's right now, so that, it doesn't scare me. I just think people are seizing opportunity. That's, that's my perspective. Well said, well said, Brett. And yeah, Ken's doing it the right way. He's been doing it for over 40 years. He knows the right people. He can push the right buttons. He's doing it all the right way and kudos to him, right? He's hiring good people. He's, he's the only one out of the, most of the auction houses that, you know, he's got the family aspect with his son. That's awesome. Love that. And then he's got the business side where he's opening up his boxes that he's getting from people. People love that stuff. He's hands on. He's showing the people what they want to see. He's got it. He's the um, shop at home guy, but with really good stuff. You remember the time when we were younger, right? He's him, but not yelling in your face. He's, but he's, he's showing it to you the right way. And he's not showing you garbage. He's not showing you a hundred Ken Griffey Jr. upper deck rookie cards, right? He's showing you stuff that you've never seen before or that you've only heard about. And it's, you're right. It is a wonderful time. I just, I don't know if I worry about it or if I just, I don't know. It's just a lot. It just seems every, every week there's something new, which is great. But eventually did people get sick of it? I don't know. I mean, I won't, I've been in it for too long. You're not going to get sick of it. The, the, the OGs, as they would call us, right? We're not sick of it. You know, I mean, we're not, you know, we, we see it. We, you know, that sort of thing. I, I'm really excited if someone ever eventually, I think I know the person that has the BGS 10 Jordan. Imagine if that comes out, the BGS 10 Jordan. You're shaking your head. You're like, I don't know what I would do with myself, right? You <laughs> I'd, just, I'd, I'd get my popcorn and I'd watch the auction. That's what I would do. <laughs> that BGS 10, when that pops out, oh my goodness. Uh, I've talked about, oh my goodness. That, but that's what we're talking about, right? We're talking about people that are not on podcasts. We're talking about people that don't use the internet. We're talking about people that don't have a social media perspective, right? They have these cards sitting in places that we've never seen these cards, never. And I don't know if we ever will. And that's kind of, I like that. It's kind of like the Indian. I love it. Actor, right? Well, that's what makes that, that, that's what makes when you see one of these cards pop up and there's excitement in the hobby and 
I'm of the mindset of like, there's a big, I'd love to get your perspective on this, but there's a big piece of me and my love for the hobby that is, is very um, pointed at just spectating just much like going to a ball game or whatever, just looking at my phone and spectating, watching someone who I have a relationship break out box, a new prism, uh, watch the golden auctions closing out watching someone's YouTube channel or whatever. Um, I love the spectate knowing this person's not going to influence me that I'm not going to go buy this, but I just going to sit back. And so I think that like the more I do that, the more fun I have. What are your thoughts there? You and I, we should hang out more often because I'd be doing <laughs> sitting right next to you. Cause you know, we could sit there, have a beer, you know, just sit there. It's like watching TV. Know, watching you know your favorite sport but it's you know you're watching that it's the it's the conversations that you and i would have like you know uh my god remember uh you know when we saw this card uh drop and this car and then this card came out and it's all the stories behind it too we love it you know is it part of is it partly because and always everybody loves to bring it up because of the pandemic because we're pretty much by ourselves maybe yeah but you know what i'm in connecticut things are opening up i see concerts are happening you know, things are happening and starting to change. I'm vaccinated. You know, I'm not as uncomfortable as I was before. I was a teacher working with over 100 students per day. You know, I, I don't feel that scare anymore. And I think that part of what you just said about is that, you know, a lot of us for the past year have been watching YouTube and breaks and stuff like that because that was our entertainment because we'd run out of watching stuff on TV, right? And we all had a love for the hobby. Um, but yeah, I love watching that kind of stuff. And I cheer people on when they do well. I don't make fun of them or be mean or something like that. Stupid or, or get jealous. There's no need for jealousy in this because what happened, I believe in karma, you know, uh, I've cheered on many people. And when I've gotten good things, people have been like, yeah, that's awesome. You know, that's great that you got that. That's what you want to feel. You don't want to feel like being made fun of or jealousy in any way, shape or form. So I feel the same way that you do. I love sending good karma to other people, especially when they're opening up, you know, $10,000 boxes, stuff like that. Or, oh, here's the best one. When I, when I search YouTube and I look at like exquisite unboxings and I, I was like, okay, 0304, I didn't have kids yet. I could have spent the $500 a box. Just bought a couple, just bought a couple, not even open them or just open them. And oh my God, just thinking about that now. And I know, and we know, I, I, I think someone did a posting about this a while back. Maybe it's on blowout or something where he's tracked all of the uh, LeBrons and they haven't all been opened yet or they're not graded. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're graded by PSA. They're not graded by SUC. They He went through and did the measurement and said, there's still more out there, people. And there are. I know that there's old guys that are holding on to, there's always the old guys, but there's, there's people that are hanging on to cases and boxes of unopened exquisite, right? You want to talk about a show? You could probably put that on. <laughs> you would get a million viewers. Just sell t- sell tickets. I want to go see it live. <laughs> like yes. Disney on ice. <laughs> Think about it. If somebody opened a, like a case, I don't know if there's a case left, but a couple boxes of exquisite, you would get thousands upon thousands of people trying to video it. Oh, especially if it's 0304, even 0405, any of the exquisite. You can get Carvin up there talking. Um, I talk See, to Carvin every day now through Clubhouse. He could be up there just talking about as it as it's open. Like I remember making that card. I remember what the, what the cut looked like. This is like must see TV for. Those, uh, for card fans. So now you got me thinking as a marketer here and um, just like, this is, this is what we're doing. We're the, the, the pandemic's changed everything. We're, but we're coming back. We're going to get live. We're going to see each other. Now we need to start curating these hobby experiences that are unlike any other. They involve a case break of exquisite O3 Carvin's telling stories. We got Kendrick Lamar headlining. Like, I mean, you want to wow. sell some tickets. How about we close the golden live in front of everyone. Now we're talking. <laughs> we're booking the territory. You know, I do it in Vegas, right? Do it in <laughs> Vegas with the lights. I mean, uh, what we're doing is legalized gambling anyway. Sometimes you may call it illegal gambling with the whole razzing and breaking and stuff like that. I'm, I'm not going to get into that. I know some stories of people that had their accounts locked. That's a sad and very different story. But um, yeah, do it in Vegas. That'd be fun. Because you'd get people in there that would just be throwing money around. It would be hilarious. You're gonna get uh, you're gonna you're I, gonna get me in trouble here, David. <laughs> I digress. <laughs> no, maybe we 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 close out with this. I'd love to get just your perspective on, you know, we got 
last year was insane. This year's crazier. Grading is in the industry is just in a whole new place. We got PSA taking a little breather while they acquire um, companies and add to the mix to make things more efficient. You've got Beckett. I don't know if we're going to hear anything, but then you've got, you know, HGA, you mentioned uh, CGC, uh, SGC, all of these other players trying to grab some market share. Like if you were forecasting and we, we won't hold you to this, but I'd love just in your knowledge in the grading space, like what do you anticipate from just like a, from a, a gr- overall grading perspective, like as maybe a theme and then maybe on the consumer side too, what do you think might happen? As you were, um, I was kind of try to answer the question, but while you're asking it, um, so I'm going to, I'm going to tell you if I was to look into the future, I really see, if I was to number them, right? PSA, number one, 2A, Beckett, 2B, CGC, 3, SGC, 4, HGA. Um, I'm not going to talk about why, because we're going to stay positive, right? I'm just telling you those, that's how I would layer them, right? That's if we're going to look at it for a year from now. PSA is still going to be sitting up there. Um, but I think what you're going to see is the turn. And there's always a good turn in any story, right? And I think you're going to see people start to talk about Beckett a little bit more. Maybe I'm not saying that Brett, Brett is going to start working for Beckett. That's not what I'm saying. Although maybe you're already doing some uh, consulting work for them and we don't know about it, but uh, <laughs> look at me breaking news right there, but Jeez. I know. Right. So I think you're going to see the turn. I think you're going to see the change back to the way that it was where Beckett, when PSA were equal, Beckett was for modern PSA was for vintage. I think you might see that turn. I think it's going to be more where they're equal, not that they're so different anymore because people have strong feelings about both of them. Some, some people love the, the, uh, the subgrades and some people just love the way the PSA looks because they love the money that comes behind it though, too. Let's not lie. That's where, that's part of what it, what it is. You know, Nat loves the slabs. I get that. And money doesn't, may not matter as much to him, right? That money anyway. Um, so maybe he just loves it for the slabs and he's been a PSA collector and I get that. But anyway, yeah, if you're going to look at it from a year from now, that's the way I see them all kind of working themselves out. Uh, yeah. And I said CGC equal to them because, um, a good company is built on good graders and being transparent and uh, the good work that they're doing. And you may not love the slabs, but you have to think about what the main, what is the company that, that they are a part of? It's just like PSA, right? I don't know if you have graded comic books, but I do. And they're the number one graded comic book company, right? So there's something to be said about that. And I think people forget that or don't really know it, some, but I, and some may just look at the slab and say it's ugly. Uh, I'm sorry, but their presentation and everything is great. And I, and I see them really fighting for the market share. And I think all the other ones will kind of, all the other companies, they're kind of, I'm not really going to speak on them because they're not really enough of the market share to even really have a conversation. I know that there's a new uh, uh, raw hard review company called Fast RCR or something like that, that they're doing something as well. Just recently saw that one. Um, and they're charging $15 per card. I'm like, ooh. Hey, I'll charge fifteen dollars and I'll pre-grade your card. But I actually, and that—that's where kind of where I want to, you know, maybe possibly end this with you because we don't want to. We could probably talk for like two, three hours here, but uh, I don't think you want to have that long of a podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> not everybody. I think it's like a industry standard: don't do two hours or something like that. It's way too do. <laughs> so anyway, let me just end it with you know, follow me on um, yes the grade. I will always grade your cards for free and help you. Right, it helps me. And also it helps you. And also please always show me when I'm wrong and when I'm right, because it really makes my day for both because I love being shown where I'm wrong and I love being shown where I'm right. So I can, I can be better. Cause I, I do have like people that I help on the side as well. Cause they've now really liked what I do and I help them more often than not. And uh, I really just enjoy it. It's about teaching other people. You you're teaching people as well. You really are. And you're being positive for people and you're really doing something. You're in a good space right now for yourself as a podcast and as a brand for yourself. And I, and I'm, and I look forward to what you're going to be able to come up with now before we, before you finish up, where do you see the grading for you in your perspective? Cause you have great thoughts. Where do you see it? It's similar. What do you say? I, I, I love it. But 
you're you're what a guess you're you're bringing it home and then you're turning the tables back to me i love this uh i never get to answer questions on my own podcast but i'll do it and and i will say before i move on we were you're gonna have people thinking i'm working for beckett and you're you're moonlighting for cgc after the last 10 minutes over here but where do i see things so i think like from my perspective i think they're the driving force based on demand interest brand is uh with PSA and it's not even close for second place. I I think just like under Nat's leadership, that company is going to accelerate, continue to innovate. I and I've talked about it through my newsletter. I've talked about it on the shows. I just have full confidence as him as an operator and based on his passion and experience. And you mash those two things together, that's when like super forces are created. So like PSA is is unstoppable. They're going to be unstoppable. And we all just need to be patient and let this backlog get through. And think when things start get turned get turned up, there's going to be some cool stuff over there. So that's just PSA. I think it's going to be hard for anyone to chase. Like I am really optimistic on Beckett based on the the connection people in our demographic have with Beckett. I think their slabs are incredible. I think validation continuously on all the auctions closing. Personally, I love a Beckett slab. Um, and I think we're all as a hobby sitting back and we are, no one has dumped Beckett and no one who has, has everyone's rooting for them. It's like, uh, I'm going to liken it to like, it's like people in Indiana and in Indiana basketball, like my wife's alma mater, like it was such a historic, great program for so long. And it's fallen off because of coaching missteps and talent, not being able to get talent from Indianapolis. And but like the, the the state outside of Purdue fans, everyone's rooting for Indiana basketball to get back and to be a mainstay because they have a big brand and they mean a lot to a lot of different people. And I feel like there's such an emotional attachment to Beckett that they just gotta like do something and people will carry him forward. So I don't necessarily have a ton of knowledge on the rest, so I won't comment um, because for me, like I've been transparent about this. Like if I'm spending my money, like right now, I just want it in the confidence of a PSA or a BGS slab. So that's what I collect and that's what I'm going to comment on. So hope Beckett can get some momentum here because I, I don't see them reaching a PSA from a, a demand and innovation perspective, but it would be nice to, have some some healthy competition with PSA. Crystal ball. It's July first. What levels are going to be opened up for PSA? Do you have, do you what do you uh, what do you, what do you do think you, is going to open? Do you think all the levels, or do you think it's going? <sighs> oh, I'm asking you the tough questions. I I uh, I don't know. I, I really don't because I, I for me as a business operator, I need to know like more of the business mechanics and. I just I don't have any knowledge on on that, nor am I nor am I behind the scenes. I could speculate, but I, I really don't know. And I don't even know if it'll be July 1st. I think that's what everyone's saying now. But um, it's just like with any product or release or launch, like typically you don't like to associate dates with it and because the dates always change. So I don't know. I trust in whatever they're going to do until they do something to make me not trust them anymore, which I don't anticipate that happening. Well said, Brett. Very well said. I'm going to tell you that I'm really good at listening to, to people and reading between the lines. And when I was listening to Nat talk, he kind of hinted at the fact of like a tiered approach, right? Bringing back some of it. I think that makes the most sense. I'm not going to comment on which ones I think, but I think that you're going to see a um, um, multi-tiered approach slowly bringing back other things. But he also talked about the fact of what is what is PSA's bread and butter? It's the registry, right? That's where that's their that's their roots, right? That's the skeleton of their whole company is that registry. That's what they booked their money on many 25 years ago. They're not going to get rid of all they're not going to get rid of the value in the bulk. They can't because those cards that are the common cards that people are trying to make sets of, they can't be spending $100 per card, right? They're not and he is all about Nat, if you if you read and look at what he talks about, he is about history and he is about nostalgia, right? He's not going to just take that away from a company just because he wants to make more for the bottom dollar. I don't I don't see that, right? And Nat, if you're listening again, if you're listening and you think I'm wrong, please tell me. You know, so I, I just don't 
I don't see that. I think he's more about the nostalgia and doing things the right way. And I don't think he wants to cut every, everything off like that. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. Um, I, mean, I think uh, the grading should be a, an entire series. I think maybe that's why your account is uh, getting so much attention. Grading is a topic everyone loves. It is exciting to see. Um, it's a controversial topic, but it's something that a large percentage and a majority of our hobby um, pays for. So always an interesting topic. David, we'll have to get you back on to talk about it more because there's so much more ground that we could cover today or even in the next six to 12 months. I'm sure there'll be even more. So everyone go check out his account at Guess the Grade. Have a good one, man. Thanks for stopping by. All right. Lots to think about there. Tons dropped on you. What happens when you talk with someone from the East Coast? You cover a lot of ground. Very straightforward. I appreciate that, David. Go check out his account at Guess the Grade. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. And I'll be back next week with more Stacking Slabs. Peace. Peace.